Goosebumps, number 36, The Haunted Mask 2 by R.L. Stein. New face, old nightmare. Just call him Prune Face. Steve Boswell will never forget Carly Best's Halloween mask. It was so gross, so terrifying. But this year, Steve wants to have the scariest costume on the block. So he gets a mask from the same store where Carly Beth got hers. It looks like a creepy old man with stringy head, a wrinkled face, and spiders crawling out of the ears. Steve's definitely got the scariest mask around. Too bad he's starting to feel so old and so tired and so evil. Listener beware, you're in for a scare. Happy Halloween. Oh, it's just the exact same thing. <laughs> you were. Ha- ha- Lappy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Oh, it's so good to be here. Oh, I've missed it so much. I've missed Halloween. I've missed Goosebumps. I've missed Deadcast. I've missed it all. Oh, you guys. Welcome to Welcome to Deadcast. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery, and this is my brother. Daniel Montgomery. And if there's anything we love in the world, it's Halloween. I was about to say Goosebumps. We'll put Goosebumps and Halloween together, and girl, you got yourself to haunted mask. Matthew and I just ordered not too long ago some Halloween masks for this year that are Goosebumps licensed. Licensed? Yeah, don't mask. think I didn't spend licensed. $60 on the haunted mask, and I already have my Carly Beth costume wrecked to go. I also spent $60 on a slappy mask. Oh, yes. Through Trick or, through trick or Treat Studios, and I just can't wait to be king. <laughs> I just can't wait for the mask. Same. It's all I've ever wanted. So if you guys are um, listening for the first time, welcome. But if it's um, you're a returning listener, welcome as well. But you will you will know that my favorite Goosebumps book and what we laud is the best Goosebumps book of all time is, is The Haunted, Haunted Mask. Mask. If you haven't read The Haunted Mask or you haven't watched The Haunted Mask or you haven't listened to our episode on The Haunted Mask, I invite you to check it out because it's it's as good as it's going to get. Friday, Fox presents a Halloween special. I need a really scary mask like that one. Based on the bestsellers of R.L. Stein. I can't get it off me. Goosebumps, The Haunted Mask. His face. It's your face now. <laughs> Friday at 8, 7 central on Fox. Uh, this is our shriekwool. The Haunted Mask 2. And we're also going to go through the TV episode. I guess we can say episodes because it's a two-part sort yeah, of episode. It really feels like a movie to me, to be honest. It does feel like a movie. It's very cinematic and high budget and really great. So let's talk about what this book looks like first and foremost. Well, um, this is one of... Uh, 
it's one of my favorite covers. Yes, it's a very sexy. I was cover. just saying to Daniel that um, when we were when we were doing Deadcast, we keep the back our backgrounds on our phones are usually the cover of the Goosebumps mm-hmm. books, and I'm really gonna miss having this cover as um, the background of my phone. It is very Halloweeny. The colors. This is the original print, original copy. Um, it's that it's, we have. Yeah, that's uh, that we have. It's a Halloween orange. I don't know how else to describe it, girl. Mm, and that's like, a Halloween orange. And like a royal blue. And the cover of the book is really, really satisfying. It is a kid, Steve, in an orange baggy shirt, jeans, and red Converse sneakers coming up a porch with a creepy old mask on, girl. It's very scary, and it is very accurate to the description in the book, which you know I love. And there's there's like a lot of spooky ambiance in the background. There's like a street lamp, and there's a jack-o'-lantern at his feet, and he's just giving you face. It's This is like... Oh, serving face. I know. It's not a beauty shot. It's an ugly shot. Oh, but you can still see him modeling through. Yeah. It's really very, very good. If you guys remember The Haunted Mask, um, book number 11, um, and the first television episode or movie or special that was ever aired was about Carly Beth Caldwell, Mm -hmm. who was a girl who got picked on at school and scarable Carly Beth, and she wanted to get back at Chuck and Steve, the two guys that would bully her all the time, and so she went to a haunted mask, or I'm sorry. She went to a haunted mask store. She went to a haunted mask store. She went to a Halloween store that was run by this man. This Um, creepy old shopkeeper got this very scary mask. And Carly... Took it home, put it on, and it wouldn't come off. And Carly Beth turned into kind of an evil person, and she... She turned into a monster and terrorized the neighborhood. And if, if you remember as well, her Halloween costume that night, she took a plaster of Paris head that her mother had made of herself. She put it on a stick with a red... Um, like kerchief underneath it so she's like holding around her bloody head impaled while she was wearing this haunted mask so good the only way for her to get it off was a symbol of love and that symbol of love was that plaster of Paris head that her mother had made for her and in the book she put it over the mask Um, in the TV episode she just kind of held it up and then the mask slid off and she was free to live another day although at the very end of the book the twist was that her little brother Noah put on the same haunted mask that Carly Beth had on no please yeah and so that's where we left off so now we have a year later and we are revisiting walnut avenue middle school um, that's right and carly beth is back and this book came out in october 1995 that's right just a perfect month of a perfect year of a perfect perfect time listener girl boy you blessed to be listening to this right now because this is gonna be a blessed hour and a half as far as i'm concerned oh blessed I, I know we've only been recording for six minutes but girl you know this episode's gonna be an hour and a half because it doesn't it doesn't get any better than those haunted masks so sit back put your mask on put your feet up and happy halloween have a glass of water yeah <laughs> eat some candy yeah have some black and white cookies so our protagonist in this book is steve boswell i thought this was such a great idea mm. that it's you know we're continuing the same world but we're shifting protagonist yeah so one of the kids that used to bully carly beth is now our main character even though in carly beth will be featured as a supporting part in this book how how fun so let me tell you what steve looks like yeah he is tall thin with dark brown eyes and he's always wearing a baseball cap much like his best friend chuck chuck and steve good old chuck and steve pair of thieves so we find steve and he is currently coaching of the first grade soccer team at walnut avenue um 
I guess it would be for Walnut Avenue Elementary. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the soccer team, their mascot is the Hogs, so they're called the Hogs. The so hogs. in this book, you know how we usually have your protagonist with an annoying little brother or sister. That Steve, is a Goosebumps classic Steve trip. is an only child here, but there there is no lack of There's, annoying little kids in this book. This is um, the scariest part of this book to me. Yeah, And children. my personal nightmare. Completely, 100%. Would be teaching uh, sports to little kids. That's actually the worst thing that I can think of. Yes. That is truly hell on earth for me. Yeah. Same. And I would rather die. Yeah. I would rather someone run me over and then back up and run me over again. <laughs> well, what's said in the book is that Steve had let a squirrel loose in the girl's locker room. Well, he was attempting to let a squirrel loose. That's right. He had the squirrel just standing running around the bleachers making everyone scream. It ran around the bleachers me, for two hours. Which or- to me sounds like a total thing that you would do if you were a kid in the 50s or the 60s and Arl Stein was a little kid. Do you know what I mean? Like, that seems yes. like such a... A squirrel loose in the girls' washroom. Oh, no. We can't go to the sock hop now. That's what that feels like for me. And I forget, what's the teacher's name who gave him the... Uh, Miss Curdy. Miss Curdy, the gym teacher, gave him two choices. Either he was going to get detention or... Oh, no. He had to... He had a choice of punishment. Either he was going to have to come to the gym after school every day and inflate basketballs by mouth oh, or man. to coach the first grade soccer team. And he chose to coach the first grade soccer I team. I can't believe they would give him that responsibility, <laughs> but we're going to move on. Yeah. So the kids are um, an actual nightmare. Yeah, they're they truly terrible. are. With names like Duck, Benton, yeah. Johnny Myers, and Marnie Rosen. Also sound like names from the 50s. They kind of do. They, they really, I love the name Duck, though. I think that's cool. And Marnie. I think that's cool, too. They sort of um, terrorized Steve all during practice, every practice, stomping on his feet, jumping on his back, choking him. Marnie at one point spits her gum, her purple gum, into his ear. Sick. Fucking hate it. And his life is miserable. Yeah. And we find him at the, the very beginning of the book at one of these soccer practices. And at the end of practice, the kids are like, come, Steve, kick. Um, he sees him huddled in a court, like in a circle in the middle of the field. And he's in like, a circle in a hoop that never ends. And he says, kids, what are you looking at? And they're like, oh, well, there's this soccer ball here. And this we don't- is one of the first things I think of when I think of this Me book. Me too. And... They're like, we, we, we want to see if you can, we bet you you can't, but we want to see if you can kick the ball from midfield to score a goal or something. And they're like, but you probably can't. He's like, no, I can do it. And so he r- runs towards the ball and kicks the ball really hard. And ouch, his foot. Ouchie. And we find out that that wasn't a soccer ball. They had taken a concrete ball ba- they and had, painted they, they it they white had, and black to make it look like a soccer ball. The, one of the kids, I guess, lives next door to the school and has a like a ball of concrete. Sure. That he rolled over to the soccer field and they painted black and white to look like a soccer ball. I don't know. And about Steve all that. fell for that. I don't know. And like didn't break his foot, but almost did. Like, come on. He says something like, I broke all the bones in my foot, but not really. So he's walking home, limping home, and runs into his best friend, Chuck. And Chuck's like, hey, Steve. (laughs) Hey, Steve. Hi, Steve. (laughs) Hi, Steve. Um, I need to talk to you about something. How about we do it over dinner? How's tomorrow night? Magda could sit with Brady. Let me know. And he's like, what happened? What's wrong with you? And he's like, oh, these kids. Long line, dragon, later. And he says, 
I really want to get revenge. How many books start with Goosebumps? Especially Haunted Mask books. They have a lot to do with revenge. And he he decides that he wants to get back at these kids. And as he's explaining this, um, or, you know, coming up with this plan with Chuck, he feels something funny in his backpack and opens his backpack and realizes that everything in his backpack is covered in sticky feathers. They'd, like... I don't know, tarred and feathered his, his books. books. Like what? Again, like what is this, 1955? So a few days later after practice and after getting like head butted and had by Marnie and getting his collar ripped off of his jacket by Marnie, Steve is walking with Chuck. I think Marnie's a redhead too. So she is a redhead. Chuck, we already have a ding, redhead ding, for the ding, book. Ding, 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 and take a drink. Yeah. And he's walking with Chuck and thinking of ways to get back at the hogs. And as they're leap they're as they're walking, he sees um, Sabrina and Carly Bass. So Sabrina's Carly Bass's best friend who only speaks in fragments. And can I just say for a second, can I just like Of course you can. This is your podcast. <laughs> can I just like wax poetic and just like go on and on about Carly Bath? I was thinking about it. Like I so deeply love this world that these books and television episodes take place in. Yes. And I feel good. like I feel like for certain people they have like their Alice Ripley or their Katniss Everdeen or their Bella Swan and for me it's my Carly Beth Caldwell. Hey listener, it's Matthew. I just had to interrupt this episode really quick to let you know that I got one of my references here wrong. When I was saying Alice Ripley, I actually meant Ellen Ripley. You know, Sigourney Weaver from the Alien franchise. Not the 2009 Best Leading Actress in a Musical Tony award winner for her role as diana goodman in next to normal alice ripley gay yes where it's like yes, i feel correct. like she's such a <laughs> we're, we're not given a ton of her in the zeitgeist i mean like we have like the scream of the haunted mask coming up and then uh, she's not in um uh uh haunted want, most wanted uh haunted mask um but I just feel like I know her and she's like a fully formed character that I take so personally and I feel like she taught me how to be a person and and I love her so deeply and personally and I take it so like seriously. It's funny that you say that because you're saying that as if she's not a real human being. (laughs) Because to me... She's just a real person. I think that has a lot to do with a really, really well-written book or books, really, really well-acted TV episodes, or TV episode or TV episodes, but re- she's my Sydney Prescott, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's my Julie James, yes. Carly Beth Caldwell. Like, I cannot go on and on about, and I can't believe that this time, this year for Halloween will be the first time that yeah. I've actually dressed up as Carly Beth Caldwell for Halloween. Yeah, it's a real crying shame. Yeah, it's ex- actually crap. I absolutely never, never want children, ever in a million years. I don't want a house. I don't want to get married i don't want children but if i did i would name my daughter carly beth montgomery yes. i think yes you would do you know what i'm saying i know what you're saying so to me it's such a thrill to be rereading these books and to, by the way i gave this book a c which i think i was i think i'm wrong i think i want to give it a b minus or maybe even a b to be completely honest because this world means so much to me like these this this character and these characters yes and i feel like it's so fascinating to me that we have like a bully who's like the protagonist but we like see like behind the scenes of what he deals with yeah. and you see like the arc that carly beth has gone through because she was such a scaredy cat in the first she's book. grown and now she's grown up and she's like grown into herself and she's like an independent woman and i just love her for who she is and i love it so very very much and god bless sabrina for being just like a loyal friend through and through yeah with her bangs and her fragment sentences and, and arlstein points out 
about here that she has her black ponytail is swinging, and I just can't think of anything more Sabrina than that. No, it was just it just it just feels like home that we're talking about this, and we revisited these books. I hope anyone who's listening out there who's read these books or watched these TV episodes feel one tenth of what I'm feeling or trying to trying to convey right now, because it really fills me with the ultimate deepest Halloween of joys. Yes, yes, it's really very good. I just had to take some time to give shout out to my girl. No, you gotta do what you... CBC. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. I do. So, Chuck suggests... Okay, back to you, Daniel. (laughs) No, that was really lovely. No, go ahead, tell us what happened in the book, and I'll just say fuck every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) We know our roles. (laughs) Um, Chuck suggests that he and um, Steve scare... um, Carly Beth. For old times' sake. For old old times' sake. And in the book, we get a quick summary of, uh, at this point, get a quick summary of what happened in The Haunted Mask. Steve commenting on it, saying it was the worst night of his life. The scariest night of his life. Because he was so scared by her I was also really satisfied to read from Steve's perspective how scared Steve and Chuck were by Carly Beth. Yes. Because I remember reading... So validating. Every time I reread The Haunted Mask or watch The Haunted Mask... I, I really want Steve and Chuck to get their comeuppance or whatever, and I don't. I always feel like I want her them to be more scared somehow. Well, so it's satisfying to me to know how to know that they were. Like, yes, these are characters in a book. Yes, these 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 are these real. are characters in a book that R.L. Stein I'm sure hasn't thought about once. Um, these are characters in a children's book. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the, so Steve is like, I don't know. She's kind of unscarable now, and Chuck's like, No, let's do it. So they kind of like hide behind the hedges and run to get in front of them, and as they're doing that they sort of creep past they're creeping past this long line of hedges and they go through the yard i just need to point this out now the yard of the carpenter mansion yeah which is like the town like local haunted house that apparently is haunted by the ghosts of the dozens of people that were murdered there i will say there are some very frightening things in this book but there are more frightening things in the television episode one thing that the television episode they're very doesn't different. have they're very very different the one thing that the television episode doesn't have that the book has is it, the carpenter there's, mansion. Little, there's a few things but oh. yeah the carpenter mansion does not is not a thing in the in the television i like that i like that it has become a thing in this world yeah anyway they scoot past it and um as they're sort of scooting through the hedges trying to find the best place to jump out and scare them steve notices that carly beth's face seems sort of blank just staring ahead moving very stiffly and he's like something seems weird about her oh well and they get in they they manage to sort of get in front of them on the corner and jump out and scream and try and scare them and and as they jump out to scare carly beth and sabrina carly Carly beth's Beth's head falls off and Sabrina screams and screams and screams and points at the head that's now bouncing on the ground and Arlstein says that Sabrina screams and screams and screams and screams it does I'm looking at it right now and of course I knew this Matthew knew this you might have known this but it's not Carly Beth's head that has fallen off it's one of Carly Beth's mother's plaster of Paris sculpture heads of Carly Beth that has fallen off of her shoulders her mom has continued to make them over the months and year or so trying to perfect that face and Sabrina and Carly Beth start laughing Carly Beth's actual head pops out of her jacket collar and they're like ah fooled ya we fooled ya we heard Hurt, we heard you. We saw you. So we thought we would scare scare you. And we put Carly Beth's mother's plaster of Paris Carly Beth head over the jacket head to make it fall. You and get Sabrina's it. And Sabrina's like, you guys scare so easily. I just love the full circle in a year. That's that's where we are. So great. It's great. And so they, they end up having a, a conversation. Steve's like, Carly Beth, hey, where'd you get that mask from last year? It was so scary. And... 
She's like, no, no, it wasn't scary. It was evil and haunted and I couldn't get it off. And he says, yeah, right, Carly Beth. Save it for English class. And Carly Beth says, but it's a truth. And as they're sort of having this conversation, it starts to rain a little bit. Ooh, and yeah. And it's getting very sexy. <laughs> and Steve grabs the plaster of Paris head from Carly Beth and starts tossing it back it and says, forth. tell me, Carly Beth, tell me where you got that mask. Tell me where you got that mask. And then Carly Beth's playing monkey in the middle. And they start sort of tossing and diving and jumping around in the wet grass now that it's raining. And eventually, Carly Beth is like, fine, I got it at this weird little party store by the school. Now give me the head back. And, you know, whatever. He gets it back. And she's, but Steve, for reals, like, don't go to that store. Don't yeah, get a says, mask. I really didn't want to tell you. I wasn't making that story up about the mask. It was so terrifying. And Steve's like, yeah, sure. And Carly Beth begs, says, please don't go there. Please, Steve, please don't go to that party store. And I laughed and laughed, he says. Too bad I didn't take her seriously. Too bad I didn't listen to her. It might have saved me from a night of endless horror. So the next day at practice again, the kids are being little terrors again, and Bitch. and Steve ends up falling in the mud with his like perfect blue sweater that yeah, he, it's like that he wore picture for day. picture day. When when Arlson introduced that, he's like, it was picture day, so I was wearing my like perfect blue sweater, and I didn't have I forgot to bring clothes to change for soccer practice. I was like, damn it, this kid's gonna fuck up that sweater. And See, they do I'm the one that says fuck. <laughs> they do. And as Chuck and Steve are leaving practice together, Chuck kind of is just like, always around. Yeah. Um, Chuck says, wow, you look like Mud Monster or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of a shout out to You Can't Scare Me. Goosebumps number 15. Money, Ooh. Money, Monster, Buddy Creek. What up, Courtney? Hot Netty. And as they're leaving practice together, Steve is like, I got to change out of my mud sweater. So he changed into a pair of jeans and a gray and red Georgetown Hoyas sweatshirt. What? I think that's a sports thing. I don't know. Even even Steve's like, I don't even know what a Hoya is. Same. I like this moment really quickly because he he, Steve hears his mo- Steve's mother hears him come in and says, Steve, is that you? And he goes, no, it isn't. And they leave. Yeah. And he and Chuck go to this party store. Yeah. And as they're making their way there, Steve's like, oh no, I forgot monies, paper monies. I need to go back. And by the time they go, they go back to Steve's house and then back to where the party store is, it's nighttime. Oh no, now it's all the, and he has $25 and they see a sign out front that says the party place. I don't think that's what it said in the Haunted Man. I don't remember that either. And you guys, we know these bones over anyway. So they get to the store and it's deserted and trashed and clearly empty and close. It looks like it's closed for good. I think so. And they're so disappointed. And as they're walking away, they're like, we can get other masks at Kmart. And Steve (laughs) notices an alley next to the building where the store is. An alley-oop. And he sees that there's a black trap door open in the sidewalk. Bees in the trap. Like what? Like there's a trap door? Like what? I see it as one of those diagonal side things that are like in houses and movies. Like the Welcome to Dead House house. Like a storm cellar yeah, type Yes, like thing. a storm cellar. That's exactly what I see it as. I kind of see it as that too. However, R.L. Stein later points out that there's a wire, wire. handle. Yeah. Like it's like a, a, a wire string you pull or Maybe something. Maybe it's like a thicker wire than anything like that. That's like the, that's like you know that's like a handle. Maybe it's just written that way to show how rickety and old and how it's not really supposed to be used and people don't really go over there. I think that's probably right. Yeah. Anyway, Steve's like, I bet that trapdoor leads down to the basement below the sh- below the shop, and he checks it out and sees that that is the case, and um. 
they can kind of see like some boxes and cartons down there. And Steve's like, I'm going to go down there. And Chuck's like, no, no, you can't. You can't break in. But Steve's like, it's open. Who cares? Yeah, it's open. Uh, it's out of business. So he, Steve makes his way down the steep concrete stairs. He slips down the stairs. because And lands rain. hard on his feet. Oh. There's no elbows and knees in this one, you guys. There is, however, something on page 66 that I'll point out when we get there. All right. I also made a note to read something on page 66. It's probably the same thing. I think it might be different. Okay. I guess we'll find out in just like eight minutes. And uh, Steve starts... Um, it's oh well, we're in the basement. Yes, yes, yes. It's big and dark down there. There's this low ceiling. There's a drip, drip, drip somewhere in the back. And Chuck sort of like reluctantly joins him down there. And Steve is like, "It's cool. We'll just bo- we'll find a mask down here. I'll borrow one and I'll just return it later." So they start sh- searching through boxes and they find out that it's party store supplies. And they're like, "Yes, this is perfect. It is the basement to the store. I knew it." And Steve hears some banging in the of the door and the wind, this trap door in the window, and it's creepy and scary. And, they and also the ceiling's really low. It's I don't remember that the reading this time around. I reread these books usually around Halloween every year. I at least read the Haunted Mask. I don't think I read the How the Haunted Mask two every year, but that's one detail that I never remembered because I remember reading this as a kid and reading it, you know imagining a big basement but it's a really small low ceilinged tight claustrophobic kind of basement and they they hear a some footsteps up above them but kind of ignore it they're like oh gosh and then as chuck is searching through a box he's ew yuck and he pulls out an ugly purple face with broken teeth and a long fat worm poking out of a hole in its cheek it's a mash dion did something really cute that um he drew pictures of all the masks that are described in this book. And in front of us right now, um, besides Goosebumps sheets that are adorning the table we're on and stacks of Goosebumps books around us, there are sketches of haunted masks. It's uh, pretty cool. So Chuck has found the box full of the masks and he notices how warm. They're so warm. They feel like real skin. And I want to describe some of the masks that he finds. Please, pleased to explain. He finds a pig face with thick gobs of green stuff dripping from its snout. Oh, sicked. He finds a furry animal face like a gorilla with two long pointed fangs over its chin. Made with the real gorilla head. He finds a hideous bald head with one eye hanging down by By a a thread thread and and an arrow through through the forehead. Ew, sick. You draw a picture of that one. I forgot to draw that one. Crap. I know, I'm a waste. Trash. The, The next one is a girl's face with the lizard poking out of her mouth. That's so weird. But Steve's poking out like your back, bro. Yeah. Steve's going through all these masks and it's like, these are scary, but I want the scariest mask. I want the grossest mask. I want to make people scream just like how Carly Beth made me scream with her mask last year. And then I can get back at those first graders with a scary mask. So maybe it's the next one. The next mask is a snarling wolf. It's lips pulled back to show two jagged rows of pointed teeth. Rows like jagged. And and, wow, <laughs> that's good. It wasn't. It, 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 it's a stretch. Uh, the, the next mask is a leering old man. His mouth twisted in an evil grin. One long crooked tooth stuck down over his lower lip. The mask had long stringy yellow hair that drooped down over the old man's craggy forehead. Agro crag. He could see, I could see, I'm... Yeah, 
big black spiders climbing in the hair and in the ears. Ew. A chunk of forehead was missing, revealing a patch of gray skull underneath. Oh, and he's like, wow, this one's not bad. bad. He's like, this one's not bad. And then it says later in the book that it's a sickly green color. Ew, I know I'm gonna be sick. Yeah. They hear some footsteps upstairs and Chuck is... And Steve is like, gosh, Chuck, what is that? What's that noise? And Chuck is gone. Yeah, Chuck wimped out. He he hears Chuck running up the stairs and hears Ch- Chuck saying, get out, get out in theaters now. And then a light turns on and, man t- and, and um, Steve sees a man running towards him. And very scary. The man pulls a long cord against the wall that closes the trap door. And Steve is trapped down there with this man. And this man is the shopkeeper. The same man from the first book. And he wears a long black cape with a black suit. Kind of old-fashioned looking. He has shiny black hair parted in the middle and slicked down with some kind of hair grease and a pencil-thin black mustache that curled over his upper lip. And it says, as he stood over me, his black eyes glowed like two burning coals. Like vampire Vampire eyes, eyes. I thought. And he says, what are you doing here? I love the idea of this man living in the store. You know, it's it's closed down. But he's still wearing a black suit and a black cape, like, all the time. Mm, Stay true to your brand. Yeah. He, he says, what are you doing here? The store is closed for good. I live upstairs. These masks are not for sale. They're too real. And he's like, you're going to steal it. You're, you're a burglar. A burglar at 12 years old. Oh, tisk tisk. He's like, I live upstairs and I heard those scraping sounds down here. I was going to call the police. And then Steve's like, I'm not a burglar. Don't call the police. The trap door was open. And my friend and I came in. And like the tall man is like, your friend? He's like, yeah, he ran away when I saw you were coming. I just want to see if there are any masks, you know, for Halloween. I wasn't going to steal anything. He's like, but they're closed. Those masks are very special. They're not for sale. You shouldn't break into stores, the man said. How old are you? And Steve was like, 12. And he's like, 12. And so then Steve's like, I have $25. Here, is this enough for one of those masks? And the shopkeeper's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to call the police, but I'm going to call your... Parents, and I feel like the old man, the old, the old man's probably like, we've been here before. Some kid breaking in, trying to like throw some money in my face, and can and can be selling you any masks. So Steve decides to make a run for it, and just just dashes out towards the door, and but the door won't budge. Oh no! I know, and the man's runs after him, tries to grab him, grabs his ankle, and he like kicks he kicks the hand away, and and gives the the trap door another big shove, and makes it out just in time, and. He runs away, uh, almost gets hit by a car. Yeah. Oof. And runs into Chuck, who is hiding behind a bush, and they just run all the way home. And Chuck Thanks is, for nothing, Chuck. Chuck's like, too bad you didn't get a mask. But when Steve gets home, he stops in front of his front door and smiles secretly to himself because <laughs> he grabbed a mask. I grabbed a mask. He hid it under his sweatshirt, and he could yeah, feel it warm under his shirt next to his chest. Warm next and then, chest. ouch, ouch. The mask moved underneath my shirt. It bit me. It bit my chest. Ouch. Ouch. Then he realizes, no, it was just my imagination, probably. A mask didn't bite me. It couldn't have possibly have done that. So then when he gets inside, his dog Sparky's at the door going crazy. And oh, Sparky. And Mrs. Boswell is like. a cute little black terrier. And Mrs. Boswell's like, you missed dinner. And he's like, oh, mom. And Steve runs up here. Man. Runs upstairs. 
tries to hide the mask. And but you don't even know which mask it is. He just grabbed one. He doesn't he know which one it is. Is it going to be the girl's face with the lizard poking out of her mouth? Is it going to be the real Garita Hayde? Oh, I hope so. It turns out it's the creepy old man. Maybe the cover of the book and the description in the back gave it away. It's that old man mask, and it feels warm like a real skin. And he realizes it's that long tooth that scraped him. <laughs> it's that tooth. That tooth with a wormhole in it. That has to be a really big tooth. I know, to fit old fat old worm in it. Ew, sick. And he's like, ew, there's spiders. And as he's looking at the mask, he practices his old man laugh that goes a little like this. <laughs> and he decides to... Put it on, put, put it on. on. Tonight is the night when to become one. And I need some love like I never <laughs> needed love before. You're supposed to stick with the But I want to do the harmony. I feel like we've already sung To Become One on this podcast at some point. Won't be the last time. That's right. Uh, And as he's about to put it on, his mom goes, Steve, dinner. And he's like, all right, mom. And at dinner, Steve is like, (laughs) and decides not to tell anyone, not even Chuck, that he got the mask. He giggles so much at dinner and smiles, thinking about that mask, that macaroni falls out of his cheeks. (laughs) And he's so happy he doesn't have to be a hobo again for Halloween. Womp. Womp. Can we just talk about this hobo Halloween thing for a second? I know we've talked about it before, but let's talk about it again. Girl, what do you think this is? 1956, where we're dressing up as hobo? He even talks about how normally when he puts on his hobo costume every year, that his mom rubs charcoal on his face. And he wears a stick with a sack on the end because it's all his belongings trying to be some kind of hobo. That is... I don't even know what a hobo is. What is hobo... Does hobo stand for something? Hoboken? Yeah, probably. <sighs> anyway, he doesn't gotta be one of those this year. Cause also, because it's 1995. Yeah, bitch. So the next day at soccer practice, Steve is, of course, harassed and brutalized by the kids. But he doesn't care because he's got a little secret. And tomorrow He's is... got a secret rose tattoo he's dying just to show you. <laughs> no one will get that <laughs> no reference. No one will get that reference. And he, he's so excited. If you because, did, God bless God you. God bless you. Because tomorrow is a Halloween. Oh, it's my favorite day of the year. So at the end of practice, he's like, hey guys, let's have a special Halloween party tomorrow. And yeah. I'll take you a trick or treat. Tell all your parents and your babysitter to drop you off at the old Carpenter Mansion. And then I'll take you trick or treating. Magnolia Crawford. And the kids are like... The Carpenter Mansion? He's like, yeah, you ain't a scared, are you? And they're like, I don't know. That sounds a little too scary. And then they're like, no, we can do it. We'll meet you there. And he says, cool. You'll see me. I'll be dressed as a hobo. Uh... So he runs home to look at that mask again. And he reaches in his sock drawer to grab it. But it's gone. No. Oh, no, please. And he throws out the socks in the sock drawer and starts freaking out. And then he remembers, oh, he put it in his closet, not his sock drawer. He was afraid his mom was going to come up and try to do his laundry, go through his sock and find that mask in the back of his closet. Do you have something you want to read? I wrote. <clears throat> you wrote. I mean, I read. I, I, I found. I read. This is the sentence I wanted to read. Well, he goes to the back of his closet. So I had shoved it into the back of my closet behind my rolled up sleeping bag. 
letting out a long whoosh of air, I is. dropped to my hands and knees. Oh, so we don't quite have fa- falling hard on our elbows and knees, but we do have letting out a long whoosh of air and being on our hands and knees in one sentence. That's right. Thank you. Now, I want to read something from the same page. Wow. Page 66 in the Haunted Mass 2 is chock full. So he, Steve is like so excited that he found his mat. He found his mask where he left it. And he says, Steve, you've got to calm down, man. I told myself, it's just a Halloween mask after all. You've got to stop scaring yourself like that. Sometimes it helps to scold yourself, to give yourself advice. <laughs> Like, what? I don't know. So he decides to finally put on a mask. uh, And he puts it on. And as soon as he slips it over his skin, it starts to... His face begins to burn. Immediately, this mask goes into full haunted mask territory. So hot, so hot that he can't breathe. Pressed tightly against his cheeks and forehead. Warmer, hot, hot, hot. My cheeks burned. A sour odor swept over me, choked me. I gagged. I sucked in a deep breath through my mouth. The mask was so tight, I could hardly breathe. A sour odor sort of washes over him. I already said that. Matthew already said that, and he can't pull it off. He tries and tries and tries, and as he tries to pull it off, he gets so tired. He feels the hot rubber sticking to his face, but he can't barely even bring himself to lift his hands up because his ass got so tired. (laughs) He's so tired, and he's like starts to freak out, and he sees himself in the mirror, but he's like, at least I look awesome, and then all of a sudden, he hears- But I feel so weak, and I feel so old. Tell me the truth. Am I really looking looking old? So he looks in the mirror and he all of a sudden he hears Look in the mirror. He hears I hear oh He's like, where did that noise come from? And then he hears it again. It's a shrill, high-pitched, dry croak of a laugh. And then it, it, the, it's like the mask is laughing as itself. Yes. Ooh. And then a hand grabs his leg hard. But then he realizes it wasn't no hand. It was a dog's mouth. It was Sparky biting him. Sparky biting his ankler. And he's like, ow, Sparky, stop it. But his voice comes out like a tired grandpa, so it comes out like this. Oh, Sparky. Sparky, stop it. Stop it, It's only me. And he tries to bend down to sort of pet Sparky, but his knees creak and crack, and he's so tired. And Sparky barks and is terrified of him. And he's like, no, don't run away, Steve's like, girl, all of a sudden, I feel a hundred years old. And he tries to take the mask off again, but there's no bottom. There's no bottom to this mask. There's no line. There's a line between your hand, and your mask, the mask, and your skin. There's no place to reach my hand in. And he tries to pull it out the, out, out the eyes, but he realizes there is no eye holes. Those eyes are his eyes. What is he going to do? The mask has become his face. And it's sharp and painful as he tries to yank it off. The rutted, scab-covered skin had melted onto me. It had become my skin. The ugly, disgusting mask had become a my face. Ew, that makes me feel sad. I was also like impressed with how quickly like we're just full force going there. By the way, this is also page 75 at this point. Let's get it. Re- don't get it twisted, you guys. Not a lot happens in this book. The TV episode more than makes up for it, but this book is kind of a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. 
And as he realizes he's never going to pull off his, this mask, he hears his mom coming upstairs. Oh, no, his mom can't see him. No, please, please. So he, he sort of shoves himself up against the door even when she tries to come. And he's like, oh, I can't get the kid. I'm sick, mother. I have a sore throat. She says, but honey, I have something for you. And, he's, and she says, I drove two miles to get you one of those black and white cookies that you love so much. Let's talk about those cookies. Cookies. Let's talk about them. Cook, 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 cook. So Steve's here at Cookie is that sort of black and white cookie where one half is black, like, um, I'm sorry, chocolate icing. icing. One, one, one half is vanilla icing. And I'll tell you a secret that ever since I was really young, those cookies always made me feel really sick. I don't think I've ever had them before, to be completely honest. The, for some reason, I remember the first one that I had, the, this is going to sound crazy, but this is the memory that I have. I remember the icing being so, um, dry and like so lacquered smooth on top that, and it tasted like perfume to me <laughs> and the cookies tasted like headache perfume to me <laughs> and it made me feel sick and I don't think they're sweet and I think they're disgusting and they taste like hard glassy perfume cookies oh wow that being said I haven't had one since then until this past week when I look at over and I'm um, at one of my little side jobs or whatever and there is a uh, in, there is a plate filled with these cookies wow. and it is a sign from God and I How just did they taste what were they like so I tried one yeah I tried two I had three wow and I've always envisioned them as really big these yeah. might, and, and and these are the much smaller version of them but they were pillowy and sweet and the chocolate was very luscious and chocolatey and the vanilla tasted like perfume but it was fine <laughs> and I had three of them and they were much better and softer than than I was expecting and maybe the one that I had when I was very young was very stale. Yeah. That was probably it. Maybe. I can't imagine them some being somebody's favorite though. Well, um I was thinking about getting some to for, for to have for us to have to eat while we were doing this podcast, but I forgot. I will eat anything that yeah. you give me. Yeah, for sure. Anything. Anyway, She's like, but your cook- cookies, and he's like, and he's like, it's okay, I'll come down later. I'm sick, and he sort of cobbles over to his bed, slumps down, and I is can't. like, he's like, I'm he, set, and he's like, I have to, I should, I know what I'll do. I'll call Carly Beth. Carly Beth, she had problems with her haunted mask last year, just like she told me that she did. So now I'm gonna call her to see what she can do. But it takes him three minutes to stand up because he's so tired, and, and it, it takes him five, five minutes, minutes to, to walk, walk to, to the phone. phone to his old rotary phone, and then he. Calls Calls the Caldwell household, gets Mr. Caldwell on the phone. and Mr. Caldwell picks up the phone. We never met Mr. Caldwell on the first book. Last time he was in Chicago. He's back from Chicago from business. Welcome back, Mr. Caldwell. It's so good to have you home. And of course, like any normal, the the dad's like, um, why this old man be calling me asking for my daughter? He says, are you one of her teachers, sir? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm just a friend of your daughter. And I can't please speak to you, daughter. I'm one of her friends. I'm just one of her friends. Can I speak to um, her daughter? He says, where do you know my daughter from? He goes, well, she's just my friend. And he's like, oh, honey. And and Miss Caldwell's like, who is it, honey? And she's like, oh, it's some nut. Some kind of a crank call and basically hangs up on him. No, no, please. 
And the next thing Steve, Steve realizes is that he's being <laughs> awakened by his dad banging on the door because he's falling asleep. Oh, no. And ouch, his neck is all stiffies and it hurts. He's old. He fell asleep in his desk chair and the dad's like, uh, uh, it's time for, time for dinner again. I feel like it's always time for dinner at Steve's house. I wish I lived at Steve's house. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, dad, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to take a nap instead. He's like, oh, and he's like, okay. son, you sound busted. <laughs> you, you okay? And his dad ends up going back downstairs. And I just want to read this d- disgusting chunk. Yeah. Steve says, I scratch my ears. I could feel the spiders crackling around in them. Oh. I touched the bare spot on top of my head where the skin was ripped apart. The skin was soft and wet. I could feel the patch of hard skull that showed through. Oh, God. That's so sick. Yeah. So he basically immediately falls asleep and wakes up the next morning. And it's Halloween morning. And he feels his face and realizes that the mask is gone. It was all a dream. And it turns out the whole book was a dream. And it was, and he said, it's the happiest day of my life. And he jumps out of bed and then he opens his eyes and he really wakes up. I thought that was such a like cop out. I was like, what a waste of two pages, girl. Such a huge cop out. And Arlstein says this as Steve, I woke up for real and knew that I had only dreamed that it was all a dream. (laughs) A dream within a dream tour. So he gets up. um, It takes him forever to get up because he's still old. And he sees a note on his door that says, Dear Steve, I hope you're feeling better. Dear Sarah. Mom and I had to go to visit your Aunt Helen this morning. We left early to beat the traffic. We'll be home in time to help you with your hobo costume. Love, Dad. <laughs> Ants are always like getting sick and stuff in Goosebumps book. Just kidding. Just twice. Just stay out of the basement in this. Well, still. And he goes downstairs and he's like, Gosh, I want some warm milk and cereal. Warm milk and oatmeal. Oh no, I'm even thinking old. Where are my grape nuts? And it's and he tries to eat some cornflakes, but it's hard to eat with just one crooked old tooth. I thought about this for quite some time. I was like, wow, not only is the mask taken over, but it really took over his dental cavity or whatever. Like he only has one tooth now. That's awful. That's terrifying. Too scary. So he's like, what am I gonna do? So he decides to keep his like original plan. He's still gonna meet the kids in front of the old carpenter mansion. He's just gonna go to Carly Beth's Halloween party afterward. Don't you love that Carly Beth's throwing a Halloween party this year? I love just it. Just goes to show how different and grown up she is and how all grown up. Up she is and he's like I'll talk you, to Carly Beth I love you I'll talk to her at her Halloween party you're afterwards you're real so when his parents get home they're obviously shocked to see him in his costume and says and Steve says my mom's mouth dropped to her knees and he, doesn't he put on an old he put puts on one of his dad's old suits or something no he puts on his black patched hobo suit and takes one, one of his, his grandpa's, grandpa's canes. canes that's right that's what I was thinking of and they're like wow great voice son he's like I've been practicing all day <laughs> And he leaves um, after taking pictures with his dad. And his mom grabs him. I love this. His mom's like, what about your your the bag for your candies? He's like, oh. And she gets him a shopping bag with pumpkins on and it. And he's like, I'll just throw it out. I'll throw it on the ground when I get outside. I was like, no, I want a shopping I bag with it. pumpkins I want to live it. at the Boswell house, you guys. They're always eating dinner. There's a dog. They always provide for you. They, sometimes you get to skip school because... Mom will drive two hours to get your favorite cookies. Yeah. I'm assuming this is a Saturday, right? 
It's got to be, Because right? ain't nobody be going to school that day. I'm sure. So he slowly ain't makes his way that. towards the Carpenter Mansion, and he scares two little girls in the way, going, <laughs> And he finally gets to the mansion with its stone turrets. Stone And turrets. he sees the first graders, stone. and I just want to point out some of their costumes. They're all waiting for him. They're Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, Mummies, Monsters, a beauty, and a beast. <laughs> And as he walks up, they stare at him in complete horror. Are you guys ready for the big scare? Oh, no, wait. Here's what happens. They're not scared. They're concerned. (laughs) This is so, like, out of character. And even Marnie Rosen is like, um... Oh, can we help you, sir? Are you lost? Do you need directions? Can we help you get somewhere, sir? And he realizes they're not scared at all. They just think he's an old, creepy man, and, and they want to so help concerned. him. And they're so sweet. And he's like, no, no, I want to scare them. I want to scare them. And he puts his hands up to scare them with his hands, I guess, and loses balance and falls over on his butt. <laughs> so embarrassing. And they all help him stand up and offer to take him anywhere he wants to go. And at this point, he's like so exhausted and tired from being so, so, so old that he kind of gives up on trying to scare them and just says, like, wow, like, I'm so fucking old, like, I actually do need their help. And, like, old, old, old sir, where can we take you? And he asks for them to take him to Carly Beth's house. And he says, even though he hates to admit it, that he probably couldn't have made it to Carly Beth's house without their help. Yeah. And and while they're taking him there, they're like, oh, I guess Steve isn't going to show up. What a wimp. That always frustrates me about this book and this whole situation. Me too. And Steve basically wants to die. Um, They, they, um, take him to the house and kind of run away and he sees Carly Beth in her duck costume from last year. If you guys remember last book or last TV episode, Carly Beth's mom made her a duck costume because she thought saw a duck at the mall and she thought it might be fun to be a duck for Halloween. But Carly Beth didn't want to go as a duck. She didn't want to be cute. She wanted to be scary that time. Cute? Last thing I want to be on Halloween is cute. I want to be scary this time. So she tore up the duck costume that her mom made her. But this year she's wearing the duck costume. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Sabrina's dressed as a superhero in silvery tights and a silvery cape. mask and a silvery cape. I was like, okay, we get it. Silvery times three. And he sort of approaches them as like, <laughs> and Carly Best, um, like, um, are you the old man that called me? You better leave me alone. Me. I'm going to get my daddy. And then goes inside and he's like, oh, Hits. It's not going to work. And he goes, it's me, it's Steve, Steve Boswell. And they hear him screaming, Steve Boswell. And they're like, what? And he's like, help, help. I'm a feeble old man. You've got to help me. You've got to help me. <laughs> and Carly Beth says, I don't think I can. And he's like, wait. And they sort of help him inside. And as Sabrina's shoveling down candies, Carly Beth... Yeah, of, Sabrina's just, like, kind of taking it all in stride and just be eating her Snicker bars. So Carly Beth kind Snickers of... Snickers ex- bars. Kind of, Carly Beth explains what the deal is, and she says, um, it isn't a mask, it's a face, a living face. Did you meet the man in the black cape? Yeah, He's some kind of weird scientist, I think. He made the faces in his lab. They're real living faces. The man in the cape tried to make them good looking, but something went wrong. They all came out ugly, as ugly as the one you're wearing. The cape man calls the faces the unloved. No one wants to, no one wants them because they turn out so ugly. They are the unloved. They're alive. And they attach themselves to anyone who comes near enough. And he's like, well, how do you get it off? I also, I love this, the mythology of these books so much because 
they this one actually presents more questions than it really does answers. But yeah. Like, as with classic Arl Stein and Goosebumps, as we've come to find out re 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 reading these books, that like he sets up this mythology that doesn't really make any sense or doesn't really answer any questions, but we don't really need any more than that. No, we don't. Yeah. And he's like, well, how did you get it off? And she, and she's like, well, with a symbol of love. And he's like, oh, who, who, what? And she's like, yeah, but for me, it was a per- my personal symbol of love, which was the plaster Paris head that my mother made of me. And she's like, do you have a symbol of love you can think of? And Steve is like, I have a symbol of love. I know a symbol of love. And so they decide to... Head back to Steve's house. Leave, and so, like, Sabrina's going to stay and, like, greet people at Carly Beth's party, but Carly Beth and Steve are going to walk together back to Steve's house. Carly Beth basically carrying him the whole way because he's such a feeble old, old. And they get back to Steve's house, and Sparky is so excited to see Steve. I think this is weird that Sparky's so excited to see Steve here because earlier he bit him and was barking at him and didn't recognize him. doesn't make him. any sense. I don't understand that part. And Mrs., uh, Mrs. Boswell's there in her curlers and flannel house dress. Can I get me a flannel house dress? A priest? And she says, why are you here? And he says, I were here for the cookies, the black and white cookies. Yes, that's the symbol of love. My mom loved me so much. She drove two miles out of the way to get me those black and white perfume cookies. He, Steve just knows that if he could eat just one bite of the cookie. With his, his old tooth. His mask would come off. And Mrs. Boswell says, oh, what a shame. You see, but she, they don't say that to Miss Boswell. They're just like, "Oh, we want those cookies." Steve was telling me about those cookies, and we had a real craving for them. Yeah, a craving, and we want to bring them back to the party. Yeah, probably best Halloween party. We gotta. Yeah, have yeah, those. that makes sense. And Miss Boswell's like, "Oh, what a shame!" You see, Sparky got into the box, and he ate them all, and now he's dead. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, and then Sparky's probably gonna die. By the way, this is not the first time, and probably not the last, that a goosebumps in a goosebumps book that a dog eats like tons of chocolate or something like that, and it's not even everything. It's always like thrown away like a joke, or it's like oh sparky or trigger ate all the chocolate trigger yeah now trigger's dead yeah please handle that and they're and cash me outside how about that and steve is devastated and then miss mr boswell's like come here honey and mrs boswell's like i've got to go tend to my husband have fun kids and then she's gonna leave them be again the boss the boswell house is killing it and then carly best like i have an idea Sparky. Sparky's a symbol of love. See how much he loves you? Uh, That is your symbol of love. Pick him up. She says, pick him up and hold him. Hold him against you, and then you'll be able to take the mask off. Then that mask will come, will just slide off. I know it. I know it. And Steve, like, struggles to, like... By the way, there's also nine pages left to this book. Yes. Steve struggles to pick up Sparky. Sparky wants to play and finally gets him and... Ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of struggle, struggle, struggle. Wow. Isn't that a good song? It's such a it's good song. It's not struggle, but like, It's you know, trouble yeah. for, for, for the listeners out there. Ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of trouble, yeah that made me think of it just because it was the same anyway he picks up sparky and it doesn't work oh no and then carly beth and steve are like every mask must be different it must be different for every mask oh no and they're like oh well maybe the shopkeeper will know let's go there yeah let's go back there he's always alone on halloween night so they hobble over there. It's really late and the streets are empty by this point. They bang on the door. No one answers. They go to the alley. Carly Beth pulls up the wire handle of the trap door and they make their way down those stairs. Here we go again. 
And for some reason, they immediately just start searching cartons once they get to the basement. Yeah, like, Carly Best starts really taking the lead with searching cartons. Like, Steve's like, this isn't going to work, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, cool, there's all kinds of stuff in here. Look, costumes. She finds animal tights and this shiny black tuxedo crawling with spiders. And when she realizes that she's found this shiny black tuxedo crawling with spiders, she's like, oh, wow, it's crawling with spiders. Just like your mask and head now is crawling with spiders. They probably go together. This is probably... the head that matches this outfit. And what what clues Steve into that is that as soon as he sees that suit, his face starts to tingle and itch. And there's a loud buzzing in his ears and he starts scratching at his face really hard. And she and Carl Best, see, that's you have the head and this is the body. And, and it's burning hot. The, the mask is burning hot. And it's such itchy cheeks, but it's itching so hard that it's painful. It's intensely painful and he starts screaming. And slapping his face and slapping his face. And as he grips the cheeks, the face of the mask begins to slide off and it begins to rise up and the mask floats into the air. The craggy old head hovered above me for a moment. Then it floated toward the shiny black suit in Carly Best's hand. The head floated down onto the collar of the suit. And this, I think, is so terrifying. I love And insane and, cla- and the best part of this, this whole book to me. Um, Carly Beth let out a startled cry as the suit's arms thrashed out. The trouser legs kicked. The suit twitched and squirmed as if trying to break free. Carly Beth let go of it and jumped back. A smile spread over the ugly old face. The suit lo- legs lowered themselves to the floor. The old man performed a little dance, arms flapping, trouser legs hopping. And then he turned away from us. The head attached to the suit, the trouser legs bent at the knees and shuffled up towards the steps. And the old man now climbs out up the stairs to the trap door and out into like the world and disappears. I love that it starts dancing and hopping around and runs away. One thing I will say is that there is an audiobook of The Haunted Mask 2 as yes. well that you can find on, on YouTube. That's on just YouTube. how I listen yes, to it. Yes, that's how I found it too. And when this part is described, I'll put the clip in a second, there's this kind of this like weird 70s disco shaft kind of music that starts. The head floated down onto the collar of the suit. She let out a startled cry as the suit's arms thrashed out. The trouser legs kicked. The suit twitched and squirmed as if it was trying to break free. Carly Beth let go of it and jumped back. A smile spread over the ugly old face. The suit legs lowered themselves onto the floor. The old man performed a little dance. Arms flapping, trouser legs hopping. Hilarious. Which kind of, it is hilarious. It cancels out like the inherent terrifyingness of this, I think of it as like a, this image. A hoodly coodly old weird like. I think of like the gentleman and Buffy kind of spinning around and like that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, it's very scary. Yeah, the image and, is frightening. Like no hands, no feet. Just like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's really scary. And then Carly Beth and Steve kind of start laughing They laugh and laugh and laugh and, and fall on top of each other and laugh until and there's tears streaming their, their face. Whole way home, right? Perfect. And when they're about a block away from the the house, so they head back to Carly Best Halloween party. They're like, Halloween, happy Halloween! A creature leaps out at them in a broken toothed roar with bright purple skin, no, please. fiery red eyes, please don't. a mouthful of broken, rotting teeth, no, and a fat me. brown worm poking out of the middle of its cheek. No, please. And it's Chuck. What? Chuck wearing one of the masks. He stole a mask too when he ran out of the basement. And Chuck's like, oh no, you didn't see me grab this mask and I ran out of that store basement. I kept it a secret. I wanted to give you a good scare. It's like, well, you scare me to death, Carly Beth admitted. Give him a playful shove. Now take off that mask and let's go to my house. Uh, now uh, it's time to read the first paragraph and the last paragraph of this book. I don't know if you have ever spent any time with first graders, but there is only one word to describe them. And that word is animals. 
I'm going to read the last three sentences of this book. Great. I have a problem, Chuck replied, lowering his voice. Problem? Chuck nodded. I'm having a little trouble getting this mask off. Think you guys could help me? I remember reading this book for the first time being like, oh man, that's a cop out of a twist ending. Like, we've expected Arlstein to have some crazy twists and of course Chuck would have a mask. Anyway, I think it's cool. I think it's cool too. And even though I gave this book a C, I'm going to bump it up to a B minus or maybe bump even a B. And I think that's inherently because it's part of the, the haunted mask, um, you know, uh, series that, that it, it's such an inherently good story and terrifying idea that it gets bonus points just because of that. Now, the TV episode was aired as... A, it's a two-parter now that you can watch on Netflix or buy on iTunes, but it aired kind of as like a movie. And to me, it really, really feels like... A lot of times now when like I watch like Friday the 13th is amazing and then you watch like the sequels on TV, you know what I mean? And it feels kind of like it's still kind of the same idea, but it doesn't feel quite as good or quite as magical as the first one. But you still love it anyway because it's the same thing. Yes. That's how I feel about the Haunted Mask too. It's of course it's not going to be as good as the Haunted Mask. Sure. But it feels like it feels like the first one made a lot of money. So now we're making a sequel and like, you know, we've kind of come up with a story and it's not as good. And we take things a little too far because I, my expectations were so high for the Haunted Mask 2 um, television episode or, or movie or whatever we want to call it. I did not love it at first, but over the years I've learned to love it so, so, so much. I have it on VHS and I put it in my VCR and I watch it every year around Halloween. And now it's become this thing that I have it completely memorized. And I, I've really, really learned to love too. it. It's very different from the book. And there's a couple things that happen in the television episode that don't happen in Goosebumps books regularly. And one of those is... Even though Steve is our protagonist, in the television episode, we abandon Steve for a little part of it, and we kind of are following Carly Beth, and there's like more than one protagonist, and we see, we also see the shopkeeper, or as he's, as he's credited in the television episode, the tall, thin man, we see him alone doing certain stuff. And it kind of takes the idea of the Haunted Mask 2, and takes out some ideas, and and takes it a lot further. And there's- It's very different. Yeah, one thing I love about it so much, and we'll, let's, let's break it down, but what, one thing overarching that I love about it so much is it, rides on the idea that the evil of Halloween, just Halloween being a time of year, it causes these things to happen. And I the think that's power really of Halloween. There's also a certain, some things, and we'll, well, I'll explain them too, that happen in this television episode that are, are decidedly un-R.L. Stein to me and make it really seem that, oh, R.L. Stein didn't write this, or of course he doesn't write the television episodes. You know, they're, they're adapted by other people. But this one really feels like someone takes this idea and takes it to a different kind of place, yes. which I did not like at first, but now I really, really love. Yes. So this episode aired on October 29th, 1996, and it's technically season two, episodes 11 and 12. I highly recommend it, of course, to watch it during Halloween time. But if you want to get a little Halloween feels like Daniel and I did for the last few weeks, revisiting the book and having it in the back on our phones, I highly recommend this one to watch if you've watched The Haunted Mask already before. This one is bookended by R.L. Stein, which I always love when that happens. It has my favorite intro of any of R.L. Stein's intros in the history of the Goosebumps series television series Whoa. because he's so I'll, I'll insert it here in just a second but he's so he's at his most deliciously deadpan at this and there's this goosebumps theme that's echoed in the background that's done with these like high-pitched kind of chimes that sounds so creepy and 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 iconic to me oh hello i'm rl stein i write the goosebumps books evil of the haunted mask lives on in our story the haunted mask 2 this is the basement of the store where the haunted mask was made 
It looks as if the mask maker left in a very big hurry. Wonder why? You'll soon find out. Viewers beware, you're in for a scare. Like, isn't that the best? I love it. It doesn't get any better than I that. I just love Ooh, it. It gives me chills, actually. Oh, man. So this episode starts off with... It also, can I say, is Haunted Mask 2, not The Haunted Mask 2, for oh, some reason. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this episode starts off with Sabrina and Carly Beth walking back from a Halloween party, and it's alluded to that... By the way, watching this episode again, I realized that all the clothes that I actually wear in real life now are things that Carly Beth wears in this episode. That's good. And I've realized that my fashion sense has now become Carly Beth Caldwell. Yes, that seems appropriate. You know what I mean? Anyway, Sabrina and Carly Beth are walking home from a Halloween party, and, and Sabrina alludes to the fact that Carly Beth had was a two-headed girl, and she wore on her shoulder. Yeah, and she has the plaster the Paris, plaster Paris head, head with her. And they notice something sort of in the bushes, and it's Chuck and Steve, and they sort of scare them before Chuck and Steve can scare. Now, we recast from the first television episode for The Haunted Mask, recast Steve. It's a different actor playing Steve. And what is his name? John White, who I think is a really, really strong actor. In fact, I think all these four leads, Chuck, Steve, Sabrina, and Carly Beth, especially Carly Beth and Steve are so strong of actors that I do feel like this episode is a lot more elevated than the other episodes. This one feels the most cinematic and I, and it feels like the most dramatic and it really feels like as good as the Goosebumps series is going to get. I think a lot of the episodes we've watched recently in past episodes of Deadcast we've been talking about, it's been kind of clunkers for TV episodes. I feel like this one is really strong because the directing's really great. It is a, they, it is a really they good have some pretty They have some pretty good special effects and the acting's really strong. This guy John White's really, really strong. We've seen him before. He played Michael in The Cuckoo Clock of Doom. Yes. And there's also <clears throat> several actors that are repeated in this episode. We have <clears throat> a trick-or-treater who's just dressed as a painter who later plays Shauna in Attack of the jack lantern in December 48. And then we have another actress who's just a trick or treater she's who, the lead in cry of the cat in, in cry of the cat which is really exciting too so um we have the sort of tossing of the plaster of paris head moment where steve and chuck are trying to get carly beth and sabrina to spill the beans and where they got that mask and chuck, steve just wants a mask to like yeah he, he wants to know where it is because it was scary and really yeah. liked it there's no there are no first graders they cut out the kids completely there's which no, i actually think is a really smart move i think so too there's no there's no first graders at all. There's, there's none of that. There's some talk of, and we see like at one point Chuck and Steve sitting and an old man with a walker comes across them and he's like, we're getting too old to go trick-or-treating. You know, life's passing us by, man. She's passing us by and we're like getting old. He's like, pretty soon I'll be a drooling old man. It's and like, then, this is our last year to really trick-or-treat and like have some fun and scare people. We've got to scare people. It's our last chance. So I like that motif. That's where they throw in like the old kind of thing and that's how it's mirrored in real life. I will also say that John White and the actor who plays Chuck have the most extreme bowl cuts that could possibly exist. They're, that, like, it's past They're past bowl cuts where they like, you know, it's like that long girl hair that like curls underneath your ears I will say as a little kid too watching Goosebumps at the same time as as being obsessed with movies um, like Halloween H2O as a kid seeing I always thought that John White looked Looked like like Michelle Michelle Williams Williams. yes he does look like Michelle Williams watch this episode and see if you guys can see it it definitely looks like or it does look like Michelle Williams now it's kind of like Jen Lindley Michelle Williams yes yes Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, this is where we sort of cut away from our protagonists or protagonist. And we just see the shopkeeper in the basement burning his mask. And so he also like, he's like a little weathered. He's he's also been through it. He has a beard and and his face. If you remember, he had like a diseased face in the earlier one, the the disease has grown. He also is wearing like kind of 
putrid green makeup. And he literally says out loud, like, must hurry. And so he's, he's trying he's, to burn the mask before, like, the clock strikes midnight on but it's, how- a- it's after midnight, if you can see the clock. It's, like, a couple minutes after midnight. And so oh, he's like, okay. oh, shit. Like, it's, like, getting Trying to burn late. the mask before Halloween. And so Part of me's like, if you need to do it by Halloween, you had the whole year. I know. And so he's, like, burning masks that we've seen from the, from the first episode. Yes. And then before he knows it, um... Uh, we we cut to a graveyard or like a p- place in the yeah it's a great the Cedar Grove uh, cemetery where a cemetery, Carly Beth had buried had buried the haunted mask and we see our good old friend haunted mask but this time they kind of take like the evil of the haunted mask and they take it pretty far and also in this episode they call it the haunted mask like they say the haunted mask a lot which I think is so funny it's not something that was ever said in the first no, movie yeah it's weird and the so let's call it that the haunted mask kind of comes out of the dirt floats, floats around out. looks around it's time going <laughs> and it floats all the way to novelty shop not the party place flies flies to novelty shop and as the as the tall thin man is you know burning the mask the mask comes down the stairs in and there and floats towards him and he was like the oh no you're right uh, Halloween, has, Halloween brought you back. has brought you back who's there <gasps> it's just as I feared isn't it yes Halloween has brought you back yes and yeah the mask like with like black eye holes kind of like overtakes the tall man and kind of like presumably I guess kills him but like puts the mask over the tall man's head so now the the, the tall thin man exists as like the physical embodiment possessed by the haunted mask. Well, I think it's interesting, and for the rest of the episode, he will be like, wa- like wearing the cape. He's wearing a long, shiny black cape and yeah. bla- and sort of like a black suit, kind of a clothes. And they, you and can't it's the haunted see any mask. eyes. Yeah, what I think is so interesting that they just black, they just sort of like put netting over the eyes. Yeah, and it makes it look like a bug, like an alien bug. It does. To me. That's true. We don't, you don't have any actual human eyes on the mask. It's, yeah. it's a little weird. So then we see that scene that I was just describing, where it's Chuck and Steve sitting outside, like after school, we're like. Oh man, we're getting too old to go trick or treating. What's wrong with you? I'm bummed. Tonight's Halloween. Duh. Duh yourself. This might be our last chance to do something really scary. Next year we're gonna be too old for Halloween. It's okay by me. Well, it's not with me. Life's passing us by, man. It's just passing us by. There's stuff I gotta try. The years go by, and before you know it, you're you're a drooling, disgusting old man. I drool sometimes. Yeah, you're a disgusting young man. No, cheer up. We still get to go trick-or-treating. That's great. Maybe we can get our mommies to go with us, too. I want to scare somebody. And then the haunted mask man is just just running by school and kind of, like, looks at him and goes, And it's like, come with me. Follow me. And then, like, uh, they chase him, like, through this, like, field and over these train tracks. And next thing they know, they're in front of, like, novelty novelty shop. shop. And it's very, it's boarded up and broken down. And it pretty much looks like how I think it would be. It's that much, like, very dilapidated. It's really, it's spelled differently, though, because. It is, especially after a year. It's like, wow. It looks like it's been 20 years. Yeah, it looks like it's been decades since we saw it last, not just one, one year ago, one year later. And so they, they're like, is this what the, is this the store that the guy wanted us to see? Is this what he wanted us to see? And they go around back because it's, it's locked up front and it's just open. And there's like a door that leads down. It's a normal door that's open that leads them down into the basement. And I don't. Chuck does not go down to the basement with not Steve. Not really. Steve like basically goes in there, and then the we he finds the old 
old man haunted mask. That's just sitting there was the last one that was going to be burned, but was not and burned in the say, fire. If you guys haven't seen this episode, the mask is very terrifying. And I think it does a really, really good job of adapting what the book describes. It's I kind think of so like too. A, it's it's kind of very like, good. It's kind of brown. It's never really green, but like the black lips are really scary. The spiders look really fucked up. There's no real patch of skin hanging out, but like. Besides that, it's pretty good. And several times this episode, people like in the book think it's really an old man. Yeah, people mistake him as an old man a lot. So he takes the mask and he kind of runs home with it and like... And sees, sees mom is like, I have your pirate... No hobo. I have your pirate costume. And like... He's like, oh, sure. Great, mom. I will also say one thing that happens here, and this is me like as a kid watching this and like worshiping it essentially... I am. I, th- I thought John White was such a good actor because there's this. He's really sarcastic with his mom, and then he apologizes for it. And it's this tiny little moment. But I remember as a kid watching it, thinking two things, because like he apologizes to his mom and kind of reasons with her for a second, and he's like, "Sorry, mom, I didn't mean to be rude or whatever. Like, just give me a second, I'll be down for dinner or whatever." And then kind of reasons with the mom, and the mom like leaves him alone so he can be alone with the mask, right? But I remember just watching this tiny little moment, thinking, first of all, it made me want to be an actor because the kid was. John White does such He's a good. so good. And secondly, it taught me how to interact with my mother because I remember thinking like, wow, if I really want to appeal to my parents, I need to be really calm and rational about it, apologize and treat my mom just like how Steve treated his mom. And if I treat my mother like Steve treats his mother, then things will get along easier in the household and things will be better. So as a kid watching this, the Honda Mask 2 taught me how to be. Oh, wow. Are you sure you're alone? No, mom. I'm hiding the three stooges inside my closet. Of course I'm alone. I don't need your sarcasm. I'm sorry, Mom. I just need a couple minutes alone. I'll be right down, all right? Anyway, I just came up to show you your costume. Ta-da! Remember how Chuck had a parrot on his shoulder last year? Well, you're going to have the same thing. Sheesh, Mom. This is great. I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, Just give me a couple minutes, and I'll be right down, okay? Okay. That is beautiful. <laughs> we see Carly Beth getting ready. She's putting on her duck costume. Love it. And the haunted mask man like spies th- uh, spies on her through yeah. her window while and she's we, getting and we ready. We also revisited Miss Mrs. Caldwell, who we love so I much. I love Mrs. Caldwell. The actress. So I was saying. I was, I was saying to Daniel as we're watching. I was like, why does she remind me of someone? He was like, I think she reminds you of her. And I was like, it's a little bit of a Donna Murphy thing that's going on. Yes. But it's because. I really feel like Mrs. Caldwell is my mother. And we even see Noah, no, her little brother, mother. who's dressed up as a bee. Remember, he was dressed up as a spider the year before. Yes. And now he's a bee. He's like, I want to be a killer bee. Like, do you have that mask from last Halloween? And um, Carly Best's like, no, I got rid of that evil thing. And it's a good thing you only took it off once. Because if you keep, if you try to take it off two times, it won't come off or so whatever. So that's that sort of like... Um, Brings full circle the the end of the haunted mask. If you remember at the end of the haunted mask, Noah was Noah wearing. puts on the mask and it's like, oh no, he won't get it off, but he does. It was it, again. I keep talking about the same kind of things, but I was I'm, I was and still am so impressed with how mature Carly Beth has come in full circle. She is. And she's a proud grown woman, and I've grown up with her, and she is me, and I love her. I just want to just again point out that the the guy the haunted mask man does like is staring at her through the window. Yeah, straight, and like keeping... spins his cape and looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> Looks gorgeous. Kind of like Peeping so, Tom style. So, so Carly Beth is out and about. It's Halloween. Out and about with Sabrina. They run into Chuck who's dressed and as like And she also says, Sabrina says to Carly Beth, do the duck walk, Carly Beth. And Carly Beth does this little duck dance that Dan and I used to rewind the VHS and, and watch it cackle. over and over and over again. And we'd cackle like little baby witches watching it because it made us laugh so hard. And to this day, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen, the way that this actress it's worth does seeing, the duck Yes, her doing the duck the walk. The duck walk is really, really it's funny. It's the silliest, sexiest, stupidest dance. It I really, really love is. Love it. It's great. And they yeah, run so into Chuck, Chuck. shows up. And this, this is, 
again, so now we're building like two kind of protagonists. We're like following Carly Beth, but she's kind of passing the torch in a way to like steving and protagonists as, as opposed to the book where it's mostly just Steve. This is like, we have a Carly Beth alone. So we have a lot of scenes alone with Carly Beth, Beth and Chuck and Sabrina. And Chuck is dressed as a gangster from one of the movies, you know, a tough guy. He's he's like, yeah, I'm, I, I, he says like, are you one of the Totofula family? And Carly Beth's like, Carly Beth's like, what? I can't understand a word you're saying. It's kind of funny. And he has like, what does he have in his mouth? Like his cheeks? I don't know, like. Cotton balls? Cotton balls, yeah, something like foam little. Cotton balls to like make him sound like the godfather. I don't know, you guys. Yeah. Hey, look at Chuck. I don't know this uh, Chuck. Is he uh, one of the Tutagula family? What? I can't understand a word you're saying. What are you supposed to be? A tough guy. Mafia. You know. <laughs> what? Anyway, um, they're like, where's Steve? Is he still being a pirate? And it's like, and Chuck's kind of like, oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, we we kind of went to this store. And, and then she's like, you should go to the party store. Did you go to the party store? And he was like, no, we didn't do that. And she's like, D- did he put on, did he get a mask? Did he put on the mask? And start to freak out a little bit. We cut to Steve, like for a while, kind of takes the mask on and off, like willy nilly or whatever. He takes it off a couple times. I think he ends up taking it off three times. It's not like... I think it's twice. It's at least twice, which I was like, huh, because the book, we just go there. The TV episode, it's like we kind of take it on and off. And as once Steve puts on the mask and like runs out into the world, it's kind of like... It's very similar to Carly Beth. Yes. Like becoming an an animal that's there to like scare children and and run around. And he terrorizes the neighborhood and it's, it's really frightening and amazing. We never really get that in the book of like not extended sequences of him being really terrifying. It's usually like he's like too old already, but this is like really kind of fucked up. And he runs into just Chuck and scares Chuck and gets like the voice that he has is so terrifying where where Chuck's like, you're gross, you're disgusting, take off that mask. And and Steve goes, please, please. Remember that whole scene? Yes. And he's like, give me some of your candy. I need energy. Energy's what energy's I need. Energy's what I need. So he's kind of becoming like this monster who like needs energy. He's starting now to become tired and needs that candy energy to keep scaring people because the mask is making him scare people. It's taking him over. And Chuck is like not having it, yeah. is very scared by it and is angry at Steve. And they end up getting in a big fight and, and Steve is like, go away. You're nothing to me. You're nothing to me. You know, I'm getting sick of you. You're a weak, stupid boy. What's wrong with you? Would you take off that mask, please? Please, please. Why don't you go home? I don't want to see your crybaby face. What's happening to you? Maybe I'm evil. Does that scare you? No. Yes, I don't know. Just cut it out, Steve. Oh, shut your mouth. Leave me alone. You're nothing to me. And it's, it's frightening. It is frightening. And Chuck, like, runs off. And Steve, like, goes crazy. starts smashing pumpkins in people's houses. There's this ridiculous shot of him, like, looking straight at the camera and chomping down on a candy bar and running <laughs> it's off. It's really ridiculous and amazing. And then all of a sudden, he, like, can't catch his breath. And he gets very, very, very tired and falls over. End of part one. Yeah. Part two. Part two, he wakes up on the ground, is so tired, finds a stick on the ground he uses as a walking stick, and is like, please, I need help. I'm getting, I'm so tired. I need help. And, and he tries to stop all these people, like all these trick-or-treaters, and they're like, no, get away. Oh, uh, you're just a little drunk. You're just some old drunk man. I'm, and he's like, help me take my mask off. They're like, I'm sorry, mister. That's not a mask. That's your face. 
And he's like, no, I need help. I need to take the mask off you. I need help. And he sees himself in the glass door of a house and sees like the spiders crawling in his hair. And yeah. it's so real and disgusting. Yeah. Oof. And then his mask starts like, I don't, how do you explain this? It's it kind of like bubbling. And then we see a shot of his hands. Like his hands become old, like kind of claws. And he's like straight up becoming a creepy old it's monster. It's very scary and very gross. And awful and he ends up running into the haunted mask man like running into him in like the graveyard sort and of then this is the sequence where the, we, this is stuff that Arlstein would never say or do or like would never go in this kind of direction but the haunted mask man is kind of talking to him very kind of sensually and sexually where he's like yes yes Halloween and he's like help me you have to get this mask off me you have to get me you, like you know I, I can't be this turning this old man and the haunted mask man is says Basically, he's like, this will be your face forever. You'll be this old man forever unless you go get me the head of Carly Beth. And he was like, uh, your your skin will turn to pus. Your bones will be soft like cheese. And he's and, like, no, no. And Steve is like, I can't. He's like, I need you to get me and bring you back that head and, and smash it, basically. And then and Steve's, Steve's like, like, no, I can't. No, I, I can't, can't do that. And the mask, like, you know six spiders on him somehow he's like you know spiders or i don't know and then it's like spiders crawling all over steve and he was like you want more spiders creeping beneath your skin he's like no he's like good you're groveling i, I like, like that, that in a boy, boy. Make your bones soft like cheese. Now smash it. Smash the head. Why? When it is destroyed, Carly Beth's mine. Now smash it. No. No. And I'll you with spiders. Can you feel it? Please, please, no. over your tongue. Creeping beneath okay. your skin. Okay, I'll obey you. I'll do anything you say. <sighs> You're groveling. Good. I love that in a boy. Like, so inappropriate. It's, like, so sexual and crazy and ridiculous. And, like, Arlstein would never say, like, any of those lines ever. So Steve agrees to go to Carly Beth's house and steal the head. So he goes to the door of Carly Beth's house. Carly Beth's mom picks up. She does a... Picks up, the door. the door. She does a really good job. The actress does a really good job. Or he... She, she believes he's just an old man who needs a glass of water. He's like, glass of water, please. And so she kind of, like, leaves him at the front door and goes to get him a glass and of water. And he sneaks into the house. He sneaks into the house. It's kind of scary. Yes, it's really scary. And he grabs the Carly Beth plaster of... Of Paris head. Meanwhile, Carly Beth and Chuck and Sabrina are all together. And Chuck's like worried about Steve and, te and tells Sabrina and Carly Beth that they had gone, they went to the, they went into the store and they, he, Steve stole one of the masks and now he's wearing it. And Carly Beth's like, no, no, I told him not. Oh no, what are we going to do? And, and they so, run to check the basement of the store. Nothing's down there. Nobody's down and there. And Carly Beth's like, I need to go where I buried the mask. You know, she's like, I buried the haunted mask in this place where I thought no one would find it, which is in you know, Eda Grove Cemetery where everything happens to be going down. So she goes there and the spot where she dug the mask and she realized that the mask is gone and she starts freaking out. And she's like, it's alive. It's escaped. I know it's alive. And there's this really kind of, to me, it's always been funny where, um, 
Carly Beth is like freaking out and Sabrina's like, calm down, Carly. Car Carly Beth, please calm down. But to me, Sabrina always seems like she's freaking out 10 and Carly times Beth, more And Carly Beth's kind of okay. It's escaped. The mask is alive. Carly Beth, Carly Beth, calm down. It's gone, it's just a hole, it's gone, there's nothing there. What is she talking about? Carly Beth, please calm down. <laughs> And, but then we have like this big, it's so, to me, it's so epic, like this big clandestine meetup in the Edegrove Cemetery because <clears throat> all of a sudden, you know, Steve, old, rickety old Steve returns with Carly Beth's head. Carly Beth is there. Carly Beth is, is back face to face with that haunted mask man who's staring at her. And then Chuck and Sabrina are there and they're all reunited at Halloween night at midnight. No, well, it's almost midnight. It's, it's about it's to almost, be midnight. And, and it has to, this basically... <clears throat> It doesn't make much sense. It doesn't make much sense. But the haunted mask needs the, the, the fake head, to, the symbol of love to be destroyed. But he can't do it. He needs Steve to destroy the plaster of Paris head. And so Steve smashes it. And it's and it's destroyed. Yeah. And now he's like, now I, I need to take oh Carly Beth's real face. Yeah. And I have to do it by midnight. So see and so Steve grabs Carly Beth and holds her still so the haunted mask can like 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 run towards her and like I don't possess know. her. But the last minute as the haunted mask the haunted, the haunted mask, mask like, is like your eyes will see will see through mine. You will wear my face forever, forever. And like the body leaves, and it's just the haunted mask floating by itself. I love this idea of this haunted mask existing as an entity brought alive by Halloween, and it's completely obsessed with Carly Beth. Yes, and like can't live with you know like he needs to possess Carly Beth or else because kind of she thing. once loved him. Yes, and so as the mask flies towards Carly Beth, Steve jumps jumps in, in, in between. And the mask kind of veers off to the side and disappears into the fog, kind of. And it's defeated, I guess. Right at the stroke of midnight, so it's too late. And then the old man mask comes off of Steve. Steve can easily take the old man mask off, and he's like, what happened? And the shopkeeper kind of appears out of nowhere. And he was like, when you sacrificed yourself for Carly Beth, that was the symbol, symbol of, of love. love. So it was that symbol of love, Steve getting in front of Carly Beth, that, that defeated the evil of the haunted mask, and it also let him take his own old man mask off. Do you guys get it? Did you get that? So they all go back, except for the man, they all go back to um, Steve's house. For hot chocolate. The mom makes them hot chocolate, and Carly Beth and Steve both throw their individual masks into the fire. And I always thought this was kind of a weird ending. Well, there's also, for me personally, like this really kind of epic dramatic it's shot of, it's of, it's gorgeous there's a panning shot from inside the fire of the four of them staring at it and to me it always seemed like wow these are four adults these are four adults who have been through something tonight even like um <clears throat> this look that carly beth and steve give each other because they're both holding their masks and they're like do you think we should throw them in the fire so thinking yeah. what i'm thinking are you thinking what i'm thinking and they give each other this like kind of mature knowing look and they both throw their masks in the fire at the same time and yes. then they, wa they watch them burn um, it's very mature. And then the four of them decide to go into the kitchen and have more hot chocolate or something. But the doors close. And the haunted mask sort of inflate. It has been burned, but it kind of inflates and comes back to life. And Sparky gets stuck inside the room. So it's just Sparky and now the reinflated haunted mask together. And Sparky grabs the mask, takes it outside, and buries it outside. He like digs a hole and buries it. And the final shot of the haunted mask too is the squirming haunted mask oh in the dirt with dirt you know, flying over its face. I've seen this episode, 
hundreds of times. Yeah. And I still always think Sparky's going to put on the haunted mask. Yes, that's what I always assume. I always feel that way. I, in my brain, I think that's the ending. Yeah. And then we have a, another delicious closer from Arlstein. Literally, Arlstein, he's like, oh, Steve left me some of his candy. He's like, oh, I love the cream-filled Halloween ones. goodies. And he like p- picks he, up a, a gummy spider and eats the spider in front of in front of the audience. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I have a question for you. Yeah. What do you like more, the TV episode or the book? The TV episode. Oh, all right. What I do love about the book is the image of the tap dancing shell of the suit and the head. That really sells it for but me. What, I've what, got to be where honest. Where it loses me is I don't like all the little kid stuff. It feels... Oof, yeah, that's... And and not essentially not a That's lot rough. happens in the book where it's like you know he puts on the mask and then he gets Carly Beth and they try a couple symbols of love and then it comes off and dances away in a suit. The TV episode, as you've heard now, is pretty complex and you know it. That's why because of like the confusing kind of mythology about it and the ending and and all these ideas of Halloween bringing stuff to life and all these kind of strange interpersonal relationships and rules that are set up here. That's another reason why it feels like one of those made-for-TV sequels because it introduces too many things that end up being a little confusing when the simplest first version will always be the best. That being said, I love it so very much and The Haunted Mask, it doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better. It's an absolute treat to ever watch this episode and it was a treat to reread the book. Oh, you guys, we want to give some quick shout outs to some of our our listeners. Did you make it this far? And um, I just want to say hey to Gritty from the Bronx. Thanks for your email. Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still still Gritty from the Bronx. And um, we sort of found this guy on Instagram and YouTube. We're pretty big Goosebumps fans, but they're is a guy named Bjorn in Australia. Dude, you win. He's he he's is, the biggest goose in the He's the biggest goose in I've ever seen in my life. His room, you guys. Dan and I were just watching some of his YouTube videos before we started recording and like, I, I, I need to watch more and I need to like step my game up. Yeah, he's incredible. It's incredible. And he listens to this podcast and we just want to say, hey, we think you're amazing. Yeah, if, You can um, find him on YouTube. It's Goosebumps number one Aussie fan 95. I subscribe. I subscribe too. And uh, the his amount. His Instagram's really fun too. His Instagram's amazing. The amount of Goosebumps n- merchandise that he has is just unparalleled it is just like heaven on earth it's insane it's amazing oh it's incredible so hey there hey we fall hard on our elbows and knees for you Woo! for sure um if you guys like what you hear write it give us a write us a little review on itunes um it helps more people hear us yeah and you can always um say hey to us um through social media or our email is welcome to deadcast at gmail.com Dan and i have so much fun going through the emails and reading them oh and gosh i love it thank you everyone we've been getting so many stuff. great emails thank you for listening they're really kind of heartwarming and amazing and yes incredible um, say hey to us on you can say hey to me on Twitter or Instagram my handle is dannymac769 um, my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery but my Twitter is irobotujane and I think we, we get a lot of tweets yeah. in general but I always respond to the Goosebumps ones no matter what oh, like that's yes. what gets me most excited so great that people tweet me and uh, one qu- last quick little shout out Matthew and I both have been guests on um, if you like Goose, if you like Goosebumps you'll love Sex in the city but we have um two two very close friends that run have a sex in the city podcast called carry on where matthew and i are frequent guests it's a total blast and and it's carry on 
and that that really inspired us to do this podcast. Yes, yes, way back when. Um, so if you like Sex in the City, I don't know how that matches up with Goosebumps, but um, give it a listen. It's a great podcast. Anyway, yeah, we are moving on to the headless ghost. I'm really excited about this Me one. Me too. This is this this next. I, it's one I don't know super well, but I'm not. I mean, like, I know them all really well, but, like, there's some that I know more than others. This is one I'm really, really excited, dying to revisit. I, I remember about, being I really about scary this, and dark and spooky and yes. fun, and it's, it's just a, it's dark. It's a total blast. I can't wait. Getting good. Getting real. Yes. yes. Well, thank you so much for listening, you guys. Tune in next time. Happy Halloween. If, if you, you dare. dare. I hope you enjoyed that story. That Steve is a good kid. He brought me some of his trick-or-treat goodies. Mmm, cream filling, my favorite. Good night, everyone. More spiders, anyone? <laughs>